<laughs> all right i'm i'm driving i'm riding i should say with my daughter hannah so if they're sudden screaming or gnashing teeth weeping wailing no i'm just kidding no i i have flaws in my driving and, and my parenting if you uh if you know me well at all you know that you know, one of those is impatience. Um, I'm an impatient person. I'm an impatient parent. You know, I was thinking back to the illustration we've used for the last two podcasts about my daughters asking me to go with them to get a refill because they were shy when they were younger. And how that I would... I would eventually go with them most of the time. Usually I would go with them. You know, one of my biggest pet peeves is once I've given an answer to be asked the same thing again. And so when they would ask for a refill and I would say yes, but I would when they would ask for me to go with them to get a refill, I should say, and I'd say yes. But I was talking to someone, I wouldn't immediately go, but they would often immediately ask me if they could still go get a refill and if I'd go with them because they wanted more soda. You know, it made me think about the the children of Israel. They're in Exodus 17. You know, we've been talking about them and They had been enslaved. They'd been enslaved for 400 years and, and God had gotten them out. God had, had raised up Moses and he'd led them out of Egypt. They'd seen his power. Not in in the in the not only in in the plagues, the, the the plagues that God had put on Egypt, each one unique, and yet each one in the face of the false gods of the Egyptian people, proclaiming to the world, but especially to Egypt and and the Israelite people that. Jehovah is the one true God. They'd seen that power. They're not, like I said, not just in the plagues, but when they left Egypt, they they found themselves at the Red Sea. The the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire that led them to that point. When they got to the Red Sea, it seemed hopeless, and, and yet the God, God used Moses to outstretch his hand over the Red Sea, and he parted the Red Sea. He went, the Israelites walked through on a corridor of, of dry land. The, the pillar of cloud moved from in front and moved to the behind them and, and gave them protection while they passed through the Red Sea and when they got to the other side God 
close the waters on the advancing Egyptian army. They'd seen all that. They'd been led out of Egypt. And it's in the second book of the Bible that that we, we, for the first time, read the words salvation and redemption. And yet, the beginning of chapter 17, they asked Moses, we're thirsty. Has God brought us out here to die? Has he brought us out here to die? Moses answered them as uh, on point. They went to Moses with their complaints. And Moses said, why do you chide me? Why do you tempt the Lord God? You see, they weren't really angry at Moses, even though no doubt that's who they took it out on. They were angry at God. They felt, they literally felt abandoned. They literally felt like God was not with them. Even though they had been miraculously delivered from the hands of an evil Pharaoh. Committed heinous acts. He he murdered all the male babies of the Hebrew people. God had delivered them from him. Twice. Once when they left Egypt, once when they passed through the Red Sea. And yet they're questioning, where's God at? It reminds me of myself in a lot of ways. Because I have the ability to be in stations of life where I know God has led me. I know God has put me in these spots to serve Him, to bring glory to Him. And for my good. But sometimes I can't see far enough in front I can't see far enough ahead of me. And I begin to ask foolish questions like, Are you sure, God? Are you with me or not? I question him. I may question my circumstances, but what I'm really questioning is him. Mm-hmm. I question his his power and his his might. I question his will. When I question the circumstances that are going on in my life, when I don't have enough faith to trust him because of what is going on, there's been some heavy things happen in my life. But he's led me all the way. When I think about what he's done in my life, how could I not trust him? It's so easy to look back and read God's word and the examples he gave us and not apply it to my own life. It's so easy to do that. To look at the Israelite people and say, are you kidding me? He led you by a visible pillar of cloud and pillar of fire and you have the gall to ask him, are you amongst us or not? 
they said in verse 7? Are you amongst us or not? God has saved me from my sin and from myself. He's given me freedom over sin. He's, he's given me freedom over the penalty of it. He's led me. He's miraculously provided for me in my life. His hand has clearly been upon me, and yet I have the gall at some points to say, God, are you with me or not? This is a very impactful circumstance upon the children of Israel because Moses went to God and God gave an answer. God told Moses, I will stand before thee and you go smite the rock. Not only am I amongst you, I'm before thee. You go smite the rock and water came out of it. He named the place Masa and Merivah, which is because they, the Bible tells us, because they chided, they argued, they, they griped at Moses and they questioned God. They tempted God. Uh, I live in Wichita Falls, Texas, and I live in a housing edition that's called Freedom Estates. But to my shame, you could name my living room Masa and Meravah. I have a dear friend, Laura Robinson, that uses this phrase over and over, and God has used it so great in my life because she will say, I believe. God, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. There are times that I flippantly say, oh yeah, I believe. But it's my doubts and my actions and my stress and my anxiety that says I don't. Oh, help me not. Help me not to question God. Are you amongst me or not? Help me to remember what he's done for me in my past. Just how mightily he's moved on my behalf. And let me press forward. Push forward. In his strength. 